Welcome to the weekly podcast of Trinity Life Church. We are a local church that gathers in downtown Toronto on Sundays and all throughout our city during the week. Now our mission is to help people discover their identity and destiny in Christ so we can influence our city, our country, and our world. If you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Our services are Sunday from 10.30 to noon at Jarvis Collegiate. Enjoy this week's podcast. Our scripture is coming out of Colossians. This is chapter three, starting in verse 12, so you can follow along with me. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We are in our Discover and Rise series, and uh, we're talking about disciple-making. And uh, we've talked about this before all throughout the year, but, but what we want to do is make disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And there's four generations there because because eventually it's removed from that first disciple maker. And, and we've been talking about uh, how, how we make disciples and, and emphasizing this. And, and we have different venues for this, avenues, environments for this, uh, which we'll talk about through this series. But today we're going to focus on, uh, on rhythms. And, and remember, guys, remember our DNA. It's Kingdom Disciple Society Church. It's Kingdom Disciples engaging society. And out of that arises the church. That's, that's, a, that's what we are at Trinidad. That's how the church started. We, we just engage society as kingdom disciples, and the church rose out of that. So here we're talking about kingdom rhythms. And, and with, with these rhythms, uh, our, our rhythms in Trinity, at Trinity Life Church are up, in, and out. So up, in, here, and then out. And in those rhythms, uh, there's a... They may start linearly, but, but they happen actually simultaneously. And we're going to talk about each of those rhythms today as, as we go through this passage. Uh, but these rhythms have been in our church since the beginning. We have, we, we've always talked about up and out. Uh, our, our BLGs have served to, uh, to push forward these rhythms. Um, and and we've, worked, we've worked these rhythms in the Sunday mornings. We've worked them in... I mean, basically everything in our church goes through this DNA, KDSC, but then also through our rhythms, up, in, and out. And, and this year, we've been emphasizing what those rhythms look like and, and re-emphasizing those rhythms in our small groups, in our discipleship groups. And we've made tweaks and adjustments here and there, and, and we're going to emphasize these moving forward uh, by emphasizing these three rhythms, up, in, and out, through what we're calling our three groups, rhythm three groups. And, and we really want to, 
we really want to make sure that we're not neglecting in because they're focusing on up, or we're not neglecting up because they're focusing on out, or we're not neglecting out because they're focusing on in. We want to make sure that all these rhythms are happening. And over the past, over the past uh, we've seen different emphases here and there. And, and so we're trying to create an environment moving forward that has all three of these rhythms coexisting, kind of like in a, in a Trinitarian frame, right? Where, where they all exist together and they're all equal and they're all pushing us closer to the Father so that we can be perfect as he is perfect, as, as Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. And so that we can do that uh, in our relationship with God, in our relationship with others, in our relationship with, with the world. And this week, uh, my my daughters play so my daughters play piano and this week um, and they've been playing for uh, I don't know a few years and uh, this week it was like the first time where I noticed that they moved to playing real songs and for those of you guys who play a musical instrument or have tried or those of you guys uh, who play the piano in particular uh, you know you start out with something like like really simple. Right? I mean, you're doing Happy Birthday, you're doing Mary Had a Little Lamb, maybe even simpler than that, Chopsticks. Um, and, and in our house, there's no more Mary Had a Little Lamb. And I remember hearing the girls this week and just thinking how beautiful it was to hear them play, like a, I, I just call it a real song. They had the rhythm down. And, and what's really cool about this is, is the girls can read music. So... They're, they've almost learned a different language. They're, they're telling me these things using these terms. I have no idea what they're saying. And, and they're just reading the music off, and, and, and they're playing. And it's so beautiful how everything just flows together. The, the pedals, the, the, the white keys, the black keys, the both hands, all, all those things. My girls are doing something that, that I can never do. Uh, or something that I just haven't learned something I haven't taken the time to sit down and practice and learn and get better and better and better at. And so they've been doing this for three or four years, and you can see that the time they put into this, the practice, the, the, the lessons, the learning, the, the mistakes, the moving forward, the trying to get better, then adding new elements here and there, have, have caused them to just be able to play music really well. And I was so proud of them this week and, and guys, that's just a picture of discipleship for us. It's practice. It's discipline. It's, it's failing and, and being in a safe place where you can fail and mess up and then move forward. It's, it's being uh, diligent. It's being disciplined. It's, it's practicing up and in and out and, and doing those together so that the pedals work with the white keys and the black keys and both hands so that all these rhythms up and out work together simultaneously. So we're going to talk about that today through this passage. We're going to start with up. So this is Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. So beginning in verse 12, it says this, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And, and so as we talk about up, guys, in the up rhythm, we're talking about worship, yes. We're talking about hearing from God, right? That is, that is um, uh, the foundation of your relationship with God. It's being able to recognize his voice. We're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we're talking about hearing from God. We're talking about spiritual disciplines, right? All this up relationship to the, the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're talking about Sunday morning, right? Sunday morning is, is in this, yes. But there's 
far more to this than, than what I just mentioned. So, so check it out here, here in this verse. Uh, you have this, this imagery that Paul gives us of putting on something, which what does that make you think of? Well, it probably makes you think of clothes. So like you're putting on this shirt, right? You, you put on gloves. You put on uh, a coat. You put on, you put on your, these articles of clothing. And, and so here you have here the, the clothing is, is com- a compassionate heart. The clothing is kindness. For a follower of Jesus, the clothing is humility. The clothing is meekness. That, that isn't weakness. Meekness and weakness have an unfortunate rhyming uh, association, but, but meekness is, is actually having a lot of power because Jesus exemplified meekness. He has all this power, and he's able to control it for, for the sake of uh, God's mission. And you see this set of Moses, too, as, as the meekest person on the face of the earth, and, and uh, the first five books of the Bible says this. And, and uh, it, it means that he had this relationship with God that was face-to-face, he was God's friend. Uh, like, no one else had that relationship at that time. And yet he's able to, to wield that privilege and that power for good, for God, and, and lead an entire people. So you have here meekness, and also we have the clothing of patience. We're, we're going to put on patience. And guys, uh, a lot of, especially in, in our modern world, clothing can be associated with identity and who you are. And, and here, what Paul is saying is, as we follow Jesus, our identity needs to be rooted in these things, in compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And he just gave a list right above this of things that we used to be rooted in, that our identity maybe used to be in. And he lists them. He says, uh, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, all those things, idolatry, those used to be our clothing. But he says, now that you are in Christ Jesus, your clothing is compassion. And I love this word for compassion. In the, in the Greek, it's a funny word. It's, it's the word splankna. Um, and that always makes me think about what the word actually means because uh, what it means is you literally feel this compassion in your guts. Like you feel it here. That when you, when you have compassion for somebody, it's in your gut. So it's splankna. It's like in your splankna. Like it, it has this like guts kind of, kind of uh, connotation. So you feel it here. And we don't have time to go into each word because they're so theologically packed. You see some fruit of the spirit in there. You see some other things. Uh, but this should be our clothing. And, and Paul is speaking to identity. And our vision statement here at Trinity Life is discovering identity and destiny in Christ in order to influence our city and the world. And so let's start with identity because there's an ordering here in that vision statement. There's an ordering here in, in, that, in that, sorry, I said vision, our mission statement. And it's in our vision statement as well, actually. So there's an ordering here. It's we have to discover identity first before destiny. Now, a lot of us, what we do is we go to the question of, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What is my purpose? What is, what is your will for my life? God, what is your plan for me? And we, we bypass, we skip over, we neglect identity. And identity has to, has to precede destiny. If we're going to get destiny right, if, we're, if you're going to get purpose right, 
then you have to start with identity. And that's what Paul starts with here. He says, this is your identity. This is, these, these are your clothes. You have to start with identity. Now, now, here's the thing, guys. We all have the same identity. We all have the same one. You have the same identity as I have in Christ Jesus, as the person next to you has, as the person uh, who, as any follower of Jesus has. We all have the same identity in Christ because it's in Christ. And he's the same for all of us. And that should, that should, I don't know what that does for you right now, but that should excite you because, because what you lack, Christ makes up for. Like he, he gives us a new identity. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. So all, all, the, all, the, um, all the things that you, are failures in your past, all the things that you might feel like you lack, all the things that uh, have been done to you harmfully, you know, whatever it is, Jesus makes you a new creation. And we all have the same identity in Christ. Now, here's the thing. That does not take away your uniqueness. That doesn't take away who you are. It doesn't mean we're all the same. We'll get to that in a second. But what it does is it reorders your uniqueness. Identity in Christ has to be first and foremost because then it reorders your passions. It reorders your desires. It reorders your priorities. You know that word priorities? It, it, it didn't become plural until the 1900s. It used to just be priority because priority meant the number one, meant the first thing. Now we say priorities because... But we have multiple number one things. But our identity is the priority. It's, it's the one. And then all our other loves, passions, desires, everything else gets reordered underneath that priority, underneath that identity in Christ. And that's where you, your uniqueness in Christ plays out. So identity in Christ is key. And that's why in our discipleship groups, we've moved uh, we've moved to and, and just created time to talk about uh, faith and fuel in our discipleship groups. So faith is, is, is this. It's up. It's, it's how are your spiritual disciplines? How are you hearing from God? It's, it's, uh, it's worship. And how is that going in, in your walk with the Lord? And, and fuel is what are your inputs? You know, what are you inputting into your mind, into your heart, into your soul? And how is that leading to restoration and reconciliation. And, and so that emphasizes this, this up rhythm in discipleship for us. And so what are you wearing? When you look at your life, if you were to look in a mirror, and, and, and guys, there's a few mirrors for us as followers of Jesus. The, the word of God is a mirror to your soul. Uh, the community of faith can help be a mirror to your soul. If you're married, your spouse is, is a mirror. If you have kids, there's another, there's another mirror. Uh, so look in the mirror, and, and what are you wearing? Are you wearing compassion? Are you wearing patience, meekness, humility, kindness? Or are you still wearing these old clothes that are no longer your identity? You're still wearing anger. Are you still wearing brokenness and, and slander and malice and, and jealousy? Are you still wearing these things of the flesh? Or are you wearing what, what Christ has given you? These clothes, the, the cool thing about these clothes is they actually cannot leave you in isolation. When you put on heart, compassion, hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, they actually draw you into community, and they can actually create community around you. And that leads us into verse 13 and into in. So our second rhythm 
is in. This is about community. This is about sharing life with one another. This is about discovering spiritual gifts. This is about the one another lifestyle. This, this is about uh, loving one another, forgiving one another, um, all the one another's in the scriptures, carry one another's burdens, and, and serving one another, and just really sharing life with one another, being there for one another. So he says here in verse 13, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, actually, let's, let's stop there, because I think it's interesting that Paul goes into conflict resolution right away. We're talking about the in rhythm here. We're talking about living in community, sharing life with one another. And the first thing he starts off with is not serve one another, is not love one another, is not carry one another's burdens. The first thing he starts off with is just put up with one another. He says, just bear with one another. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. If you have a complaint against another, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Those are the first things that Paul says. Why? Why does he do that? You know, I, I think for a few reasons. One, because conflict is going to happen. And two, it's the thing we're probably the worst at, is conflict resolution, is dealing with conflict, is, is getting in. Uh, and because remember, one of the metaphors for the church is we're the family of God. And, and in a family, you're supposed to work through conflicts. Most of us in a church, we're, we love just existing in superficial community. We don't really want to go deep. We don't want to go below the surface. We just want it, we want, we want it superficial. We want to say, hey, I'm okay with you. You're okay with me. If we have a conflict, well, what do we do? We just leave and go to another church where we can find more superficial community. But that is not God's design for you. That is not the in rhythm. The in rhythm isn't just leave when you feel like you, you've been offended. The, the in rhythm is bear with one another, is go to your brother or your sister and, and share that with them, is, is if you have a complaint against one another, forgive one another. That is, that's the only way we can lead to what Paul is about to say. We have to bear with one another. We have to work through things. We have to be there for one another, not just in the good times, but, but when it's rough, when it's bad, we have to have tough conversations, guys. The scriptures do four things. They teach, they correct, they rebuke, and they train in righteousness. Of all those four, teaching is the, is the most maybe uh, uh, acceptable one. The other three... Uh, correct, rebuke, and train in righteousness, those things are hard. And when those things happen and we use, and we're, and, and if we're a community that is founded on the scriptures, which is what our discipleship groups are, guys, they're founded on the word of God, then you're going to see some sparks fly. And, and the beauty of this is we get to work through this together. Because when iron sharpens iron, sparks are going to fly, right? But we get to work through it together and we get to actually have genuine, transparent community. That is in. And then Paul says, when we can do that, this is what happens. Verse 14, he says, and above all these, what do we put on? We put on love. It's like the overcoat. It binds all the clothes together. We put on love. So it covers everything. It binds everything together in what? In perfect harmony. In perfect harmony. So, so if you want to really achieve perfect harmony and perfect unity in the body of Christ, we have to be able to forgive one another and bear with one another, which means that conflict has happened if we have to do that. So 
Don't, don't shy away from that, guys. Um, uh, we want the Lord to sharpen us. We want the Lord to, to refine our hearts. Or we should. I mean, do you? That's the question. Do you want that? Do you really want the Lord to refine your heart and sharpen you, to sharpen your character? Well, then you need the community of faith to do that. And you should welcome others to do that. As any one of you can do that with me. And so I welcome you in to do that with me. And, and that's why in our discipleship groups, we've also made time for talking about family and fitness. And you're like, okay, well, how's that, how's that deal within? Well, family, because guys, if your relationships, if you can't do this with your relationships in your family, how are you going to do that in the family of God? So if your odds are, if your relationships are off in your family with your parents, with your siblings, with your, uh, with your spouse, with your children, then they're going to be off in the family of God. So we want to help disciple you in terms of family. That's part of the in rhythm. We also want to help disciple you in the, in, the, in the area of fitness because, guys, physical activity relieves a lot of emotional, mental, and spiritual stress. Physical activity does that. It relieves a lot of those things. It helps you process emotions. And, and if, you, if, you are, um, if you are being disciplined in this area as well, then, then we know that uh, we are increasing your potential to serve Jesus as long as possible. So that's why that, that is also in there, supporting and bolstering and undergirding uh, the in rhythm. So what does, me, he mean, what does he mean here by put on love? What, what is love? How do we put on love and, and what is it? Well, we know from 1 Corinthians 13 that love bears all things. And there's a whole bunch of things there love is, uh, that, that love is. But two things I want to point out. One, that go directly to this passage. One, love bears all things. Two, love believes all things. Actually, I'll, I'll point out three. Love believes all things. So it trusts the other person. Right? It, there's trust there. And, and so many of us have issues with trust. But love, if that is our overcoat, if that is our clothing, if it's binding us together, if it's actually truly love, then you're, you're going to be willing to trust the other person, give the other person the benefit of the doubt. So trust is there. It believes all things. And three, it holds no record of wrongs. Love doesn't say, oh, well, you did this, 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 and this against me. So I'm, I'm keeping that account on you. Love says, no, I don't even remember that. It doesn't even matter in our relationship because it's made us stronger, right? It's, it's pushed us forward. You're not even looking in the past. You're, you're looking forward. So, so love holds no record of wrongs. Guys, if we can truly learn how to love like that, then perfect harmony will, will be what happens, Paul says. And he says here, he says here in verse 15, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, like an umpire. Like that's, that's what that, that word means in the, in the Greek. It's, it's, it's like it's an umpire for your heart. It's, it's calling balls and strikes. It's, it's saying, this is out of play, this is in play. This is a foul ball, this is over the fence. You hit a home run here. Um, it's, it's like an umpire in our heart. The peace of Christ is that. For so many of, of us, there's something else ruling our hearts. But Paul says, if we can put on love, then the peace of Christ will rule your heart. A peace of Christ. That sounds pretty amazing, right? So, so start by bearing with one another. Actually, start with your identity in Christ by, by, by putting on this new clothing. Start by that's up and then in by bearing with one another, by forgiving each other because God has forgiven us, 
right? And that's going to allow us to put on love that binds all these things together and exist in perfect harmony. And the peace of Christ will rule your heart. And he says also let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, admonishing one another in wisdom, sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And then earlier in verse 15, at the end he says, and be thankful. Thankfulness in your hearts to God. And be thankful. Be thankful. And just, just be thankful. Live your life in gratitude and, and thankfulness. Why? Why should we do that? Why is that, in, why is that important for us? Why is it important to have a perspective of, of, of gratitude? Well, because most people, they never experience this type of community. Do you guys understand how, how amazing it is if, if this were actually to take place and happen, how amazing that would be? And most people never get to experience this type of community. But we as the church were to show the world, and I think other Christians, that this community is actually possible. That this can actually be possible. That we can actually be like a family of God. That we can actually have conflict, bear with one another, forgive one another, be there for each other, bear one another's burdens, carry those with each other, love one another, serve one another, wash one another's feet, all, all those one another commands, uh, you know, 60, 70 uh, of those, depending on who you're, who you're following in the count. Uh, we can do all those one another's together, live this one another lifestyle, and our world will be drawn to that. They'll be drawn to that because people will know we're Christ's disciples, he says, by the way, we love one another. That's one of the last commandments he gives. He says, this is the new commandment, that you love one another. And people will know that you're my, my disciples if you can do that. And so this is about discovering destiny in Christ, guys. We talk about identity. That's number one. When we can do that, we can discover destiny, our purpose. We discover destiny in Christ. And guys, again, this is the same for everybody. So that question still hasn't come to fruition yet for us. The one that you're asking, God, what is your plan for my life? That We're not talking about that yet. Your purpose, your destiny in Christ Jesus is the same as mine. That's to be a minister of reconciliation. That's to be an ambassador for Christ. That's to share your faith. That's to, that's to point other people to Jesus. It's to live and exist in community so that others can see that. It's to walk forward in, in um, the good works that God has prepared beforehand that we should do. It's to be a masterpiece, his workmanship on display for the world to see. That's who you are in Christ. And guys, if you can start there, and you can just do those things, then, then the specifics on how that works out, God will give those to you. That will happen. So many of us are trying to put the cart before the horse. We're trying to find out, God, what, do you, what is your plan for my life? And he's saying, hey, why don't you just start with the basics? Just start with what I've already told you to do in this book, in this Bible. Start with what I've already told you to do. And then you can, you can start to influence your city and the world. You can start to do that. But first... Why don't you try putting your identity in me, he's saying. Why don't you start with your spiritual disciplines? It's why, guys, almost all the time when I, when I counsel people and, and they ask me, they, they present their problems, I almost always start out with, how are your spiritual disciplines? Almost always. Not because it's a cure-all, but because if you haven't gotten that right, how can we even talk about anything else? So 
for the follower of Jesus, I'm talking to, right? I always point them to spiritual disciplines because I want them to have this vibrant relationship with the Father. If they, can, if they don't have this vibrant relationship with the Father, if God, they don't have that peace, you're never going to have peace here with other people, right? You have to start here. Okay, that's where Jesus starts in, in Ephesians. He, uh, Paul says this about Jesus. He made peace between us and God, and, then he, and, and in doing so, he made peace between, between us and the other person. So we have to start there. So here, uh, your destiny in Christ is the same. Your identity in Christ is the same. Your destiny in Christ is the same as it is in mine. And if you really want to discover your destiny in Christ, then you have to find your place in the community of Christ, in the church, in the body of Christ, in the family of God. You have to find your place there if you really want to understand your destiny in Christ because we're all meant to be in that relationship in the body of Christ. And we all have a part to play in that body. So if you can really find that, then influencing your city and the world, man, that's going to be easy for you. That's going to be simple. You won't have to strive to search for that because those opportunities are all around us. But identity and destiny need to come first. Now, here's another thing too, guys. Um, we're all kind of on this journey of putting our, our identity in Christ, right? We're all on this journey of, of discovering our destiny. So I'm not saying you have to have this before you move here, before you move here. What I am saying is maybe you start linearly. Okay, I'm going to do this and then to influence. But guys, this is happening just like the up in and out rhythms. It's happening simultaneously at the same time. You're on this journey in this process of discovering your identity in Christ. That's why in our mission, vision state, vi- vi- mission and vision statements, it's a discovering, not a discover or a discovered. You are discovering. You're discovering it. It's a present tense that's moving us forward, right? It's, it's always happening. So you're discovering your identity. You're discovering your destiny in order to influence our city and the world. And that's the out rhythm. This is us living on mission together. This is us sharing our faith. This is us engaging society. This is us being kingdom disciples who engage society. And so he says here to finish out in verse 17, Paul says, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Again, he's repeated giving thanks three times already. Gratitude is key, guys, for these rhythms too. It's like, it's like gratitude and love are empowering these rhythms. So he says, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. How, how often... Do we give thanks all the time? In 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 what do in in what, he says in whatever you do in order to do everything. How much do we do in the name of Jesus? Everything. If you're with somebody today, turn to them and say, "Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus." Guys, speak that over them. Speak that truth over them. If you're by yourself today, just say that out loud. There's there's tremendous power in that truth. Say it out loud with, with me. Do everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus. What that statement does, guys, is it redefines anything and everything you do. It puts everything in the context of the mission of God. And we talked about that last time. 
So, so here's the thing. There's not a dichotomy between faith and work. There's not a dichotomy between business and mission. Although we, we, try, to, we, we try to talk about those things, uh, and we've, we've falsely dichotomized those two things, at least subconsciously in our language, right, by saying faith and work, and we're trying to partner them. No, guys, your faith is your work. Your work is your faith. And that's domain engagement. It's the churches in these domains. And we'll talk about that more, more later when we talk about society. But, but we, are, we are out there in society. You are the missionary where God has put you. You share your faith in all your spheres of influence. That's how you influence our city and the world. Your family, your friends, what you watch, what you listen to, you do it all in the name of Jesus. And so think about that. It redefines all that. Last night, what you, wa- what you watched on Netflix, did you do that in the name of Jesus? That song that you listen to, can you say you're doing that in the name of Jesus? The, the way you talk to your parents, are you doing that in the name of Jesus? The way you treat your spouse, can you say I'm doing this in the name of Jesus? If you can't, then you're not doing what Paul has said, said here to do. He says, whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus. Whatever you do. Paul says, later, uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, he says, even eating or drinking, do that in the name of God. Do the name of the Lord. Guys, we won't get into this, but that redefines what you buy in a grocery store. Or even if you go to the grocery store, that redefines what you eat, what you cook, what you, that redefines everything. You're welcome, John and Cora, for that plug. Um, but uh, I, it, it just redefines, it redefines everything for us. Can, can, we, can we say what we're doing that this is being done in the name of Jesus? If you can't, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. And if you can't, you might not be influencing your city and the world for the kingdom. You may be influencing for something else. You may be wearing those old clothes. And so as you influence our city and the world, this is you discovering your uniqueness. But it's rooted in Christ and his identity. It's rooted in Christ and his destiny that he's given to us. And now you begin to use your domain, your job, your skills, your passions. You begin to use your talents, your gifts, your personality, your, your resources even. All that is unique to you. Your ethnic background, your, your socioeconomic status, your, um, your upbringing, your cultural background, your, uh, where you lived growing up. You know, all those things. You bring that uniqueness to influence our city and the world. And that's why in our discipleship groups, we talk about fruit in, in, the, in the algorithm, and we talk about finances. Because with finances, if, if you can steward those well, if you can steward your resources well for the kingdom, and you can be faithful there, then odds are you're, you have a lot of ease in being faithful in other areas. And we want to help you steward those well. But then also fruit, because, guys, the whole point of the out is to share who Jesus is, to share his love and his light with our world. And, and so as a church, the new common is, is our big, it's our out rhythm, right? And there's so many things underneath that that happen. Uh, so we want to empower you in all these ways to, to, to serve with the new common and to serve our city. But guys, you're also doing this with your, with your, your family and your friends at your workplace in your neighborhood. So do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in word and indeed, both those go together, what you speak and, and your attitude and how you act. And if we're going to make disciples who make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples, then all three of these, all three of these rhythms are necessary. Up, in, and out have to happen. All of them do. And we can't neglect one over the other. 
We have to have all three of these working <clears throat> simultaneously together. And that's why we've moved our, our discipleship groups to do this. We've moved them to really emphasize all three of these rhythms as much as we can simultaneously. And we've also moved our, our discipleship groups really to focus on men with men and women with m- women because, one, that's a biblical paradigm in Titus. It's, 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 uh, it creates a, an environment for us uh, that we can go deep in, that we can be transparent and genuine in to, to create this, this in rhythm for us where we can hear from God, have this in rhythm, and push us out. And, and so our, our uh, rhythm three is what we're calling, calling this, our rhythm three groups, uh, these, these, through the summer we, we have these men and women groups that we're, that we're really emphasizing so that, so that we can actually do all these, all these rhythms up in and out these three rhythms together simultaneously. And, and so Rise is really here to help you get ready to be a disciple maker. It's your foundation. It's, your, it's the basics of, of, what it, of, of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, but also how to make disciples. Because we want to equip you, we want to empower you, and we want to give you a proper foundation, foundation in your faith to equip you to make disciples. And so essentially, Rise is the foundation for rhythm, which means that everyone in a Rhythm 3 group will have this same foundation, just like the same identity, same destiny, will have this same foundation so that then we can build on this and hopefully imitate Christ together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your community. And God, we are... We were not where we should be. And so make us more like you, Jesus, individually and corporately. So we could put on the right clothes. We'd establish our identity in Christ, our destiny in Christ, and influence our city and the world. And so give us your peace. May your peace rule and reign in our hearts, Lord Jesus. We ask in your name. Amen. If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.